now, a closer look. A sleepy morning, we're out in the boondocks. Stars being told on the red. There ain't no cure for the summertime blues. Today's segment is titled, Summertime Gifting, It's Fire and It's Joy. Yes, it's summertime, and people everywhere are making their way outdoors, sharing all kinds of things, from picnicking to snacks on the beach. But you may ask, what exactly is gifting? Gifting, by simple definition, is the act of giving a gift without it having been asked for or earned by the receiver and given with no intention of having it paid back. Now, basically, I see two elements to gifting. First, there is the fire, meaning that spark which ignites that passion within for wanting to do something for others. Then there's the joy from both the giving and the joy for the person who receives. I recently came across two organizations that teamed up resources to send homeless children to summer day camp in the area commonly referred to as the Mohawk Trail. When I read about this, of course, a smile naturally came to my face and I reached out to find these people responsible for this ongoing summertime gifting. The Mohawk Trail, now called Route 2, is in the west-central area of Massachusetts. It runs from the northwestern corner of Massachusetts near the New York State Line to the Connecticut River where it and Route 91 intersect and this area belongs to Franklin County and home to the Franklin County Regional Housing and Redevelopment Authority. On the phone, I have Charity Day, the director of the Housing Consumer Education Center, in Turner Falls, Massachusetts. This is part of Rural Development, Inc., which is part of Franklin County Regional Housing and Redevelopment Authority. Hello, Charity. Are you there? Yes, I'm here. Hi, Dan. Hi. How are you today? Good. How are you? I'm doing fine. How long have you been with this organization? Um, I've been with the Housing Authority for a little over 13 years. You've been extremely instrumental in collecting funds to send homeless children to summer camp. Can you tell me about that? Yes. I've had the opportunity to work with um, families who are living in local motels since 2011. And for the past four years, we've partnered with the YMCA in Greenfield, and we've been able to send them to summer camp. 
And what was the inspirational fire to start this campaign to send these homeless kids to camp? Living in a hotel, um, if you have a sibling or even if you're just living with your parents in one room, um, it's just sad seeing the families living out of one room. We wanted the children to have an opportunity to get outside and enjoy the weather and learn new skills and make friends at camp. And so how much money did you have to raise? We've raised just a little bit over $8,000 this year, and we were able to send 22 children to camp. The length of camp depends upon the age of the children and uh, their interest and the camps available. We did have some extra funding so that we will be doing um, a family activity with children of all ages, a cookout with families, and we also had the opportunity with the additional funds to purchase things such as flip-flops, swimsuits, hats, sunscreen, basic stuff that the families may not have the ability to purchase on their own. Nice. And this is the fourth year that you've been doing this? And uh, so you mentioned 22 children. What are the age ranges and how often do they go to the summer camp? The age ranges from the youngest is five and the oldest is 14. They go Monday through Friday. They get on the bus at about nine and they get dropped off um, at about four. And they're going from ranging from two weeks to six weeks. Camp Apex bus picks them up and drops them off each day. Um, Since you're located next door to the town of Greenfield, can you tell our listeners if it's really true about the Gravity Hill on Shelbourne Road? Can an automobile actually coast uphill unassisted? I've tried it because I heard that, and it is in fact true. Really? Do you think that perhaps this kind of Gravity Hill momentum is what helps to perpetuate the generosity to send these homeless children each summer to camp? It's possible. Our community is extremely generous, and we've been very lucky. Can you tell me what kind of joy you have seen or heard from these homeless children who have attended these summer camps each year? Watching him come off the bus, they're dirty and covered with dirt from playing out in the woods, and they've gone swimming, and they've done archery and made arts and crafts, and hearing them yell and scream and have a great time and getting to tell their parents about what they've done. It's really wonderful, and we're very happy to be a part of it. Native American Mohawk Indians, they lived in New York State and often traveled on this footpath, which we now call the Mohawk Trail, to visit with the Pokumtucks, which in their language meant clear stream. These Pokumtucks lived in your area just below Greenfield along the Connecticut River in the area called Deerfield. The Mohawk Trail was their way to connect from the Hudson River in New York to the Connecticut River near you. A famous Mohawk saying goes something like this, a good chief gives, he does not take. It sounds like both you and your RDI chief clearly understand the beauty of this Mohawk message, and these homeless children clearly are the beneficiaries each and every year. What's your thoughts on that? We do our best to give back and to help the families that are living in the hotel and to look at the next generation and help them so that they can experience things that perhaps their parents haven't had the opportunity to experience. And do you have any final closing comments that you'd like to share with our listeners about giving and giving back? I'd like to say that it's amazing that you heard about our story in Germany, and thank you for taking the time to speak with me and your concern for the residents who are living in Greenfield. 
I thank you from the bottom of my heart for doing what you do. Have a great day. Thank you, Charity. Thank you. On the phone, I have one of the co-directors at the YMCA Camp Apex, an outdoor camp for children located directly on the Mohawk Trail. Hello, Dave Garapolo. I'm the uh, youth and family director for the YMCA in Greenfield. I've been in this position probably for about 10 years. I've been working for the YMCA in Greenfield for 14, and I do co-direct with Carrie Younger, who helps me run the camp with about 100 30, 145 kids a day in uh, Shelburne. Um, how far east are you from the New York state border, approximately? Just about an hour, maybe a little bit more. Literally five or ten minutes off of 91. Okay. But you're right on Route 2, which is the Mohawk Trail. Yes. What we did is about four years ago, when the hotels started to get these families, So a woman from the Franklin County Housing Authority named Charity Day approached me and Kara to talk about sending some of the kids to camp. The money was completely funded by the Housing Authority, and it turned out to be a pretty successful collaboration. And that was that that first time four years ago. Okay. And then afterwards, you know, she approached me the year after, and we started to. What we did is we came up with, you know, with a rate. you know, Camp Apex um, costs between 330 $380 for two weeks. Um, so we gave, you know, we broke, we, we ended up giving them a discount on that and were able to provide transportation thanks to FM Kismeskis on the way from the YMCA to Camp Apex. Okay, so a bus picks up the children each morning, drives yeah. down Mohawk Trail to the Shelburne Falls, past a 28-foot or 10-meter tall Plains Indian Chief, and then the bus turns off Highway 2, which is the Mohawk Trail, onto Peckville Road and goes through an apple orchard in order to arrive at your camp, right? That's right. So what are the first things the kids see when they arrive at your camp? This camp, it's an old hunting lodge and an old hunter's property. We... We have a tradition, Camp Apex, um, along with the Mohawk Trail, that each of our camper groups is an Indian name, an Indian tribe name. So we have Cherokee, and then the Dakotas, Sioux Tribe, Iroquois. So when the kids get off the bus, they just see all of their activity areas, taking them to, we do arts and crafts, we do swimming, archery, nature hikes, we sing and dance, do skits, sing camp songs. They're able to play basketball, campfires, and s'mores. Those are the types of things that we do. Okay, speaking about fire, if you've been doing this job for 14 years, what's the fire that keeps you going? I love working with kids. And though I don't get to do what I used to do, which I really enjoy, I think that we provide kids with something that a lot of them wouldn't be able to afford to ever do. 
even though we're not very far from where they live, I think that they get to spend the day up at that place. It's just magical for some of them. I think it's a great way to spend their summer. That keeps me going. Well, Dave, on behalf of the folks here at Radio Laura, I give you high five, and I thank you for taking time to share with us and our listeners. I appreciate it. Thank you. My pleasure. Gifting is sometimes donated by opera stars like baritone opera singer Irvin Schrott through his foundation which supports a children's autistic school in Montevideo, Uruguay. In fact, part of this year's Munich Opera Festival includes the Latin music tribute at the National Theater called Cuba Amiga by Latino Irvin Schrott and Friends, with which a portion of the proceeds is gifted to this foundation for these autistic children. This show included a surprise guest appearance by Latino singer and virtuoso guitarist Jose Feliciano. Let's listen in to an audio clip from the show. Today, we have a very special guest on the phone, a virtuoso guitarist, singer, and songwriter from America, who was actually born in the United States territory in the northeastern Caribbean called Puerto Rico, and later, as a young boy, lived in New York City. It is my pleasure to speak now with legendary Jose Feliciano. Thank you very much, Dan. Uh, it's my pleasure to speak with you. How are you? You're here in Munich? I'm here in Munich, and I uh, just got done playing at the uh, Opera House with legendary opera baritone Erwin Short, and uh, it was a real pleasure for me to sing with this gentleman. He is also Latin, like me. 
He comes from Uruguay, and uh, it was a wonderful, wonderful show. Fantastic. You know, many of the people here, especially in Munich, know you for your passionate rendition of Light My Fire. And of course, each winter season for the past 45 years, our listeners get to know you vicariously when they joyously sing along to your ever-so-popular Feliz Navidad. However, today, I'd like to focus our conversation on a couple topics I just mentioned, namely fire and joy. For fire... I'd like to know, what is the inner fire in you that gives you the stamina to maintain such a rigorous world tour that most 20-year-olds would have a tough time keeping up with? Well, I think, uh, Dan, that the fire in me is the fire that the Lord has given me. I really feel that God put me in this time and place to do what I'm doing, to play music, to try and bring some happiness into a world, especially now, that is so troubled. And uh, I believe that that is my mission in life. Well, you've been writing and recording music for 50 years now. (laughs) In that 50 years, do a few songs come to mind that you would like to bring attention to our listeners besides the the ones that became pop? Well, I think... I think, Dan, my first hit uh, as a composer, for example, is very important. Uh, And I say that because it was a a hit. Maybe not so much in the United States, but uh, all over the world. And it's a song called Rain, which I wrote in Hawaii. At the time, I was on vacation with my first wife. And she kind of helped me write the song a little bit, and I wrote this song. I had a great idea for this song, and to me, it's one of my favorites because it's simple. It's not a song that tries to get at you psychologically uh, and things of that nature. It just It's a feel-good song, like Feliz Navidad, for example. We'll take a minute now and actually listen to that song. Listen to the falling rain, listen to the fall. And with every drop of rain I can hear you call Call my name right out loud I can hear above the clouds And down here among the puddles You and I together huddle Listen to the falling rain Listen to the rain Listen to the pouring rain Listen to the rain It keeps on falling It keeps on falling, yeah, yeah, yeah Listen to the rain On my window pane Listen to the rain On my window pane Listen to the rain Listen to the rain Listen to the rain I'd like to shift gears here a little bit Very few people, I think, actually know this, but you're quite a funny guy. (laughs) Where do you think that your humor comes from? Do you think it comes from the ability to see through the eyes of your heart? Well, my sense of humor comes from my father. My father was a joker. (laughs) He was a uh, prankster. He used to play. uh, I'll give you an example of, of his jokes. He even played jokes on his own mother. When his mother would come to visit us at home and she was sitting in a chair, he would sneak up behind her 
and tie her to the chair without her knowing. <laughs> so that when she got up to leave or whatever, she took the chair with her. That was dad. <laughs> it sounds like never a dull moment. <laughs> no, no, we were always laughing with that. Um, you know, being on the road for 50 years, what's your funniest story that you can recall? I think my joy is when I get into a town and I'm doing sound check and the crew that's doing the sound or whatever, they know me. And then when I get to the concert at night uh, and maybe there are people waiting outside the door waiting for me to sign an autograph or say hello and, of course, the joy of how they feel when I come out on stage. That brings me some of the joy. The other joy, of course, is now that I have a family with three children and I got married again because my first wife didn't want to have children. And at that time, I didn't want to have children either. I wasn't mature enough. We were very young. Uh, and so now with my second wife, whom I met, she started my fan club when she was 14 years old. I met her when she was 17, so you might say I robbed the cradle. But now I have three children, and they bring me a lot of joy. My, I have a daughter. I have two boys, and the two boys are musicians like me. They play, one plays drums, the other plays bass. And I used to call the band Two Kids and a Blind Guy. That was the name of the band. <laughs> And and so 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 the um uh, so for me uh, those are the joys and those are the gifts that God has given me aside from the gift of music and so you know how unhappy can you be you can't be unhappy you could look for things and say oh I don't have this I don't have that but I've learned to focus on what I have and what I don't have is not that important what I have is. Absolutely. Speaking of joy... Well, you know where I think I picked up a lot of my philosophy and attitude lately? Where? From your aunt, from the great Sister Marie. She's still with us, but to the day she leaves this earth, I'm going to do everything I can to have her canonized, because in my eyes, uh, there's very few saints. One of the saints that I have in my mind is my mother. She was a saint. She put up with a lot from Dad... She lived a rough life. We lived in poverty and, and stuff like that. So my mother is a saint. And then after my mother, it's Sister Marie. She is definitely a saint. The listeners here, unless they listen to a radio show where I had her on my radio show about three years ago, they might not remember her. But you do something extremely instrumental for her project um, which is a special outreach program in Central Connecticut with her children's choir, which performs for the sick and the elderly, called Spirit Joy. Can you share with our listeners what it is that you do for and with Spirit Joy for nearly 20 years now? I helped produce um, a few of the songs on her first album, and then I produced uh, the second album, co-produced because she really produced it so i just tried to give her a helping hand to get her moving and like i say um everything i did i did from my heart i, I didn't charge her any money you know i could have said well sister you know uh, nobody works for free you know uh, you know but i but i didn't do that how could how could you do that you know sometimes you have to forget about the money 
and just do things because they're the right things to do. I'm trying to think, uh, what is uh, one of my favorite songs from the album? Well, she wrote a song called Don't Be Afraid, which I think is a great song. And she wrote it through an experience she had. She was in a storm. And the Lord, I guess, spoke to her and said, don't be afraid. And that's how she came up with the song. And don't you not only provide the guitar accompaniment, but don't you also sing on that song with the choir? Uh, I sang, yes, I, I sang on a few of the songs. I did some background vocals. I played bass. On the second album, I was more involved. I played the bass, and I played, of course, the guitars and things like that. I even, I think I even played the banjo on one. And, Whatever and, had to be done, I filled in and did. Amen. And don't you provide the uh, recording studio, your own recording yeah, studio we for did the it, we choir? did it in my studio. Wonderful. Yeah. Let me ask you something. Last night at the concert with Ervin Schrott, he mentioned something that uh, music is an instrumental form for healing. What's your take on that? Do you believe that music can help people to heal? Oh, I've always thought that music heals. Music is a healer. Music is a peace bringer. You know, Helen Keller once said, the only thing worse than being blind is having sight but no vision. It appears to me, Jose, that you can see clearer than most people with sight. And your past 50 years have proven that you certainly have vision. Well, vision is only what you see and feel. And I think sometimes uh, people who see with their eyes are careless because they don't see beyond their scope. And the whole thing that you have to do is see beyond your scope. So I think Helen Keller had a point, and she was a hero of mine because I always wondered how could somebody who's blind and deaf get an education and teach herself the things that she did. So to me, uh, she was my hero, and uh, what a great woman she was. Jose, our time is wrapping up here. Do you have any final words of inspiration that you'd like to share with our listeners? Anything perhaps to motivate a listener to reach out and help another? Well, I think uh, the only thing I can leave you with, Dan, is uh, and the people is Think of others before you think of yourself, and be generous in thought and in mind. And the other thing is, bring God into your life, because this generation is very godless, and they don't think of God as someone, whether God is uh, like a force, or like we believe in a sense that God is a he, or there are some people who believe God is a woman, but whatever you conceive God to be, make sure that that force is in your life. Amen, amen. Jose, I thank you from the bottom of my heart for making the time to speak with me and our listeners, and I say in your native language, muchísimas gracias. Okay, uh, Dan, take care of yourself, and it's been nice talking to you. Same here. Have a beautiful day. Why be afraid? I'll just look up above. Why be afraid? He sends peace, joy, and love. He will always be watching over me. So why be afraid? 
My hope is that these stories about providing summertime relief for homeless children and the inspirational words of Jose Feliciano will inspire you, the listener, to gift something back, perhaps just your time, to someone in need. And if any of you would like more information on Sister Marie's children's outreach choir called Spirit Joy, their web address is www.spiritjoy.org. On behalf of the folks here at Radio Laura, let's try something different today. Put someone else first, and in so doing, make their day. You make me so very happy. I'm so glad you. Girl.